Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, your co-host John Berghoff here. Uh, how would this sound? How would you like to hang out with Jay Papazan, the author of The One Thing, and Tucker Max, the multiple New York Times bestselling author, also founder of the exploding business Book in a Box, Mike Dillard, uh, the founder of the Self-Made Man podcast, which is currently the number one rated self-help podcast on iTunes. That's just a short list of some of the amazing individuals that Hal and I are going to invite you right now for the first time to hang out with next month in Austin, as well as myself and Hal. So if you're curious, let me tell you what's going on, and then we're going to get into today's episode. Hal and I were talking last night, and he pointed something out to me. He said, JB, he said, we tell people how important it is to keep elevating their peer group and their environment. We know that the quality of the people that we learn with and the environment that we put ourselves in will have a direct correlation with how successful we are. And he pointed out really a question. He said, why is it that in three years, we have talked about our Quantum Leap private mastermind group on this podcast, but we've never actually extended an invitation for people to join. And I said, I don't know. Why don't we do it for the first time this year? So if you're curious, listen up, and then we're going to get into the episode. So you've actually already met a number of our Quantum Leap Mastermind members. You've heard us interview them here on this podcast, sharing all sorts of amazing stories of their successes. And like I said a moment ago, what we've never done until today, really right now, is open this up to the public. We've always taken a position that the only way to join our Quantum Leap Mastermind is you have to be in attendance at our best year ever live event, which many of you have been at the last three years, which we host in San Diego. Every year, we sell out our private mastermind, which is probably part of why we, we don't even think of extending invitations to the public. We always cap it at about 45 to 50 people, and we sold it out this last year. Um, but after talking with the venue, after Hal and I talking, we realized, let's open up at least a few spaces. So we're going to open up three spaces. That's it. Only three spaces just for this audience. If you're an Achieve Your Goals podcast listener, if you're a member of the Miracle Morning community, and you're interested in joining us and some of those other thought leaders I mentioned coming up next month in Austin, as well as our retreat in the fall. Uh, we have two retreats that that group meets at throughout the year. Here's what you need to know. First of all, this is not for you if you're brand new in your business, if you're just getting started on your journey. This is really for a group of individuals who are at a stage where they've achieved some level of success, in many cases a lot of success, but really they're in a financial position to invest into being around a really high level group, a high caliber diverse group of individuals. Here's who this is for. If you're passionate about learning from and with a diverse group of high caliber folks, this might be for you. If you're passionate about your business becoming a force for good in the world, really integrating a sense of purpose and impact into your goals, not just financial success, this is for you. If you want to be introduced to some of those folks I mentioned earlier, this might be for you. If you're interested, I'll give you the URL right now, and then we're going to get you to today's episode. So you could go to bestyeareverlive.com forward slash 
QLM. One more time, it's bestyeareverlive.com forward slash QLM as in Quantum Leap Mastermind. You'll see a short video there where you can learn about the mastermind. There's a link to where you can apply. There's no obligation to join, but applying, you'll actually learn more about the pricing, anything else you want to know. We really have three spots we're going to open up to this community. We can't wait to see uh, who we might meet and who might join that group this year. That's all for now, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Goal Achievers, welcome to episode 155. It means we're one week away from the three-year anniversary of the Achieve Your Goals podcast, which is a testament to Hal Elrod, who's been delivering value for years at this point. And I'm honored to be standing in for Hal um, during this time where he is healing. If you're jumping into this episode and you're not aware of the full story, you're welcome to go back and listen to episode 152. Yeah, it's 152. Um, But today I have a dear friend of Hal's, a friend of this community, and somebody who is going to be sharing wisdom with us around a topic, relationships, that I think is so important for so many reasons for all of us. And so I'm just going to bring her right on. We have with us today, Stacy Martino. Stacy, how you doing? Good, John. I'm so excited to be with you today. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you. You know, I realized that the last time I actually saw you was when I was watching, somebody was showing me a Tony Robbins infomercial. And I know that uh, he is somebody who is actually a fan of your work um, because you were chiming into one of his infomercials talking about the work you've done around relationships. I know that today we're going to ask you about, drum roll, do we have sound effects? Yeah. The release of The Miracle morning for transforming your relationship. uh, Yeah, super pumped. I know that this community has gotten a ton of value from all of the Miracle Morning book series. And this is one that um, I I was just talking with Hal about this yesterday. Like we have a feeling that this could be, this one could be special in that it, it touches home in a literal sense in a way that many of the others just have not yet really approached Miracle Morning. So we're going to ask you about the book. And I want to start with giving you a chance to share your journey of how you got to this place of being somebody that so many people turn to for advice on relationships. Such a big topic. So pumped to see where this goes. Um, Well, it's so funny. I wish I had a more beautiful and inspiring answer to that question. Uh, But the truth is, I kind of got here kicking and screaming. (laughs) Um, This this is not something I chose. Uh, It definitely chose me. And it's one of those situations where, you know, 16, 17 years ago now, uh, my husband, Paul, came home to me to tell me that he was leaving. And it was a, um, a huge breakdown for me moment. Our relationship was crap back then. I wasn't the girl that you know me to be now. I was the ice princess back then. Very uh, achiever, black and white, no emotion, drive, push, get it done. That didn't exactly come with a handbook for phenomenal romantic relationships. And as Paul continued to tell me and sat me down for the talk as to why our relationship wasn't going to work out, Logically, I knew everything he was saying, you know, I don't think you need me for anything. I can't get too close to you, blah, blah, blah. I'm absolutely, yes, right? That didn't surprise me, but I started to have a really emotional reaction. I started to break down and cry, which sounds like a normal reaction for normal people, but Paul had never seen me cry in those Mm. four years. 
Yeah. And honestly, I hadn't cried in like 10 years prior because I was in a place in my life where I was just done with being hurt, done with all that, not going to let anybody in. And so I hadn't really felt anything. So I had this big breakdown and break open, so to speak, and felt the surge of love for Paul and really wanted to take a try at like jumping into my life. Like John Roman says, not living in the back row. Like let's live in the front row. I want to actually start yeah. living and jump in, not just going through life, trying not to get hurt. And of course, Paul, I was having this huge spiritual awakening. Paul's like, look, I really just wanted to break up with you and leave elegantly. And you're having this like total breakdown. I'm not even sure how to handle you. And I was having a moment where I just, I needed another chance at doing this, not just for Paul, but for me, like I need to figure this out. So back then Paul's perspective was, look, if you want to go fix yourself, like by all means, I got, there's nothing wrong with me, but <laughs> you want to do it. And so I did, I jumped in and I dove everything I could get my hands on. I read, I was in programs, I listened to audios. Some of it, I know I followed really good relationship advice. Some of it got me in a lot of trouble. Other things worked really well. And I fumbled my way through transforming myself. And ultimately, it ended up having an impact on Paul. Back then, I didn't know one person could transform a relationship. I was doing it accidentally. But through that work that I did, eventually, I did transform myself. I started bringing out the best in Paul. He was loving it and, and so inspired that eventually he jumped in. And then we created what we now have, our unshakable love and unleashed passion. And it was uh, several years ago that my husband came to me and said, look, we cannot just watch parents with young kids all around us breaking up when if they had just known what we knew, they might not be. You know, those two kids could be sleeping down the hall from two parents right instead of one. We mm -hmm. cannot just sit here quietly. Wow. Nobody gets the relationship education that we got. We have to start teaching. And I was scared and reluctant and all kinds of fears came up. Um, but we eventually jumped in and I'm so grateful that we did because by now we've helped tens of thousands of families and it's a total blessing and, and I'm just blessed to be able to do the work that we did. Wow. Well, that's a cool story. And you just, you just revealed something that I, I kind of feel like we need to go back to here. Cause I, like, I'm going to think about myself. So I've been married to my wife, Mara, um, for, I always have to stop and count, right? Is that normal? Is that bad? Um, Paul and I don't know actually the date that we even got married yeah. anymore. So, well, yeah. so, so here's, here's the funny <laughs> thing is I know the date cause we got married on eight, eight, eight. So I always just have to stop and do the, like, I can't forget that day, but I always have to stop and do the math. But the reason I, I'm thinking about myself is because you said something, and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners who are in relationships of, of any type, they probably jumped a little with curiosity or excitement. I, I did when I heard you say what you did. And I think about my relationship and like marriage is really difficult for, for me it is. And it, I, it only got harder every time we had a kid and we had three. That's of, right. That's right. And it's, uh, it's challenging. It's a very real challenge. And I find that my marriage brings out both the best and certainly the worst in me. And I, I was just sitting with a, an integrative nutritionist the other day who we spent half the time talking about like my psychology. And she, she read me like a book. She's like, let me guess, you treat your wife worse than everyone else. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she must have a hidden camera in my home. How does she know these things? And she's like, look, you know, people have challenges at home that are deeper than anything they deal with when they're not at home. And that's actually normal. Yep. And you just said something that to me almost sounded controversial, that your story was, wait, because I think I heard you say you can change yourself 
your partner doesn't have to change and that can actually change your relationship. I want to hear more about that. That sounds, that sounds different than what I thought I had to do, which was change myself and my wife needed to change for us to both be happier. Tell me about that. So this is the ultimate in freedom is that it truly only takes one partner to transform a relationship and you do not need your partner to do the work that we teach, the tools and strategies that we teach. You don't need your partner to do this work in order for you to get all the results that you want in your relationship. And I know that's like a game changer because so much of what we've been taught and brainwashed is that it's to, it takes two to tango, you both have to want it, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, that just, it literally doesn't even work today. Even if it were true, which is not, and I'll show you in a second, it yeah. doesn't even work today because it's very, very rare. I've, I've been around the block a few times now. It's very, very rare to find two people in the same relationship who both want to do the same kind of thing on the relationship at the same time. Mm. And what happens yeah. is good people end up stuck because they're in a situation where they're feeling like, okay, either my partner is just not into it, wouldn't do any kind of development work no matter what, or um, they don't even think there's a problem. And I do. And what do I do now? Am I supposed to just settle for the way things are? Or am I supposed to be a big jerk and upheaval my family and cause all this pain because I don't want to settle? Both of those alternatives seem to suck. And so what we offer people is a third alternative, which is stay and transform in a way that you don't need your partner to participate. And the way that that works, because all of our programs, all our book, our programs, all of our events are all designed for one partner to do the process and create the shift is because, and, and everybody has this experience, we just don't have words for it. There's a situation, and I'm sure this has happened to you, John, but you tell me, yeah. where you're going through your day, you're rocking it, you're in the zone, everything's awesome, you're having a great day, and then all of a sudden you come home or your partner comes home or you see them and they're in the cracker. They're complaining, they're negative, they're on a, and what happens to your state? Yeah, changes. It's contagious, yeah. right? Yeah, it's contagious. Nothing, right? It's completely contagious. And next thing you know, you're saying something to them like, "Hey, what? Like, why are you gonna do this? You know, it's not so bad. You're not. You could. You could turn this around." And then they come back at you. You don't know what real problems are. You don't know what this is about. You don't yeah. really get it. And back and back and forth we go. Round and round we go. Nothing changed in your world. They triggered you, and it changed. One person is always shifting every relationship through the most powerful human force of human relationships, triggers. Mm, always. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's your kids, your folks, the people you work with, your spouse, triggers are constantly impacting the other person. And all Paul and I do is teach you, one, the invisible things that you're doing to unknowingly trigger the crap in your partner that you don't want. Yeah. And how to stop that. And two, how to use the power of triggers but to truly come from a place that appreciates and understands how your partner is actually wired and trigger the best in them, trigger a response from them that you want instead of the reaction that you don't. And nobody gives us that education, but at this point now we know it, we can teach it, it's learnable. And so that's the way that we approach things. We just give people the tools and strategies that really work in real life as busy parents uh, where not all the bills are paid and there's all kinds of stress and crap and yet you still can have an unshakable love and an unleashed passion and what better time to have one than when you have young kids and there's stress and not all the bills are paid and we're both supposed to work and somehow we're supposed to have this magic fairy tale relationship too. It's about creating it and learning how to do that in real life. Yeah. So when you mention these triggers, 
I laugh at myself because I think about how smart I am and how I always, I'll make a commitment, a personal, you know, commitment that, that okay, I'm going to treat my wife this way. I'm going to be this way. And then I do exactly what you just described. And I like that you point out that it's unconscious um, because it would make me kind of an asshole if I was <laughs> consciously doing these things. And I don't know, maybe sometimes I am. But okay, so you give us some real examples of like, what are some, so what are some of the most common examples so that all of us who are listening, and this is really selfish for me here, I, I, all of everyone realizes John really needs help in this area. So, gotcha. yeah, so what are some examples of, and I love that you said there's, you know, there's these negative triggers, that's my word, and positive triggers too. So what are some of the most common triggers in relationships that our listeners could immediately walk away and go look for and go, hey, maybe I should think a little differently about how I do this. And maybe an example or two of a positive trigger, because that sounds Absolutely. so useful. Yeah. So we teach hundreds and hundreds of these, but one that I'll give you that you could probably relate to the quickest and actually start using today before your head hits the pillow to see a difference yeah. is um, around one of the key differences, a lot of the differences that we teach between the masculine and the feminine are the biggest because in relationships, you can have the most positive intention, like you just said, John. I make this commitment, I'm going to treat my wife, but still, you're going to treat Mara in the best possible way through the filter of a dude, treating her as if she's also a dude that you want to treat well. Yeah, because if yeah. you don't have an education on what the feminine is thinking, which I promise you right now is the complete opposite of what you are, yeah. um, you're going to with the best of intentions, which is what so many of us do, with the best of intentions, tr still trigger the crap out of our partner because we're so different. So one of the key differences that we teach um, is around help. Because one thing that is off the radar for both the masculine and the feminine is that the masculine does not want unsolicited help mm. when he doesn't ask for it, right? And if you don't ask for help and somebody just starts helping you, very often the masculine can perceive that as like, you have like no confidence in my ability to, you know, handle my stuff and get it done. And it's it can be really taken in the wrong way. It's not taken very nicely. Yeah. Uh, whereas the feminine has been trained since birth that if you want to be a good girl, you better offer help all the time. And even if someone doesn't uh, welcome your help, then you need to just step in and start helping anyway. So yeah. a very common scenario, right? A wife sees her husband is about to take on some kind of a project or do something at home. And she's like, hey, I can help you with that. Hey, let me do this. And he's like, I got it. Right? Because he's like, I'm doing this for you. This is my service. Just appreciate it. Yeah. I got it. But yeah. she's like trained to offer help and it causes her buckle, even though she's trying to be a good girl. And he's trying to be the guy and say, I'm doing this for you. I got this. You don't the beauty is you don't have to do it. And so everybody has positive intention, but what happens is she offers help, he denies it. It's triggering him that she doesn't have enough confidence to just leave him alone. And she uh, sometimes will just swoop in and start helping anyway, because when you're a really good girl, that's what you're trained to do. But even when somebody mm -hmm. says, no, I don't want you help, you jump in, which yeah. is very emasculating for a man. Yeah. And now we have kerfuffle, because what happens is... I like that word, kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. That's our nice word for, you know, the crap is going <laughs> um, What happens is, what is off the radar for most men is that women want a woman in her feminine wants help all the freaking time, all the time. Mm. But we're trained never to ask for help unless, unless like the refrigerator has fallen on us and it's a life and death emergency because yeah. we're not deserving of asking for help all the time. We don't want to be a father. 
but we always want help. And since women help other women all the time, when our man doesn't help us all the time, we feel like you're being a bad girl. Like if you were a good girl, you'd be offering me help all the time. Mm. And this causes a lot of kerfuffle because women won't ask for the help that they want, but they're like, you see me trying to pack three lunches. I've got this bag. I'm doing this thing. I'm trying to call and you don't jump in and start helping me. You don't care about me. Whereas a man who has a woman that he actually respects would never jump in and imply that you don't have your stuff together, lady. I would never do that. If I did that to another guy, I might get hit. I'm certainly not going to do that to you. I respect you. And both people have the most positive intentions but they're going head to head and causing kerfuffle. When men start to understand that women want help all the time and just start to offer it no matter what, and when women can shut our mouths and stop offering unsolicited help to our men, everybody can flourish. And this goes beyond husband and wife. This goes to mother and son. Every time that you know Johnny's trying to tie his shoe and he doesn't, and mommy swoops in and ties it for him, Johnny's learning, mommy doesn't think I can tie my shoe. Yeah, yep. So if mommy lets him figure it out on his own and ask, now he has confidence and she's learning how to respect the masculine and cultivate that in her child. And this is across the board. This is at work in masculine and feminine relationships all the time. Um, And it's just truly about learning and appreciating that the masculine and the feminine are completely different, but nobody ever trained us on how to use these tools and strategies to get great results instead of unknowingly triggering her bubble. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. I can, I can see some of what you described, even when I think about how I relate with my son who's seven and my daughter who's five, he has far less interest in getting help with anything than she does. Um, so that's really, really interesting. Stacey, I've heard you talk about how any relationship can be transformed. Like no matter what situation it's in, there's still a chance. There's still a possibility Um, share a little bit about that. How is it that there's not some point of no return? What have you seen? You've worked with so many couples. And so what, what we know for sure at this point is that every relationship can be rescued and should. Now, what I will tell you is that not every marriage is meant to last. Not every marriage is your forever love. That's just a fact. Mm. However, every relationship can and should be healed because what happens is, and we see this all the time where the relationship is so far gone, you think there's no coming back. But the truth is a lot of this builds up because of examples like I just gave you and a thousand others that have happened over time because people just were not equipped to navigate real life. And when they are and they do the work, we have an eight step process that we take people through. And by the time you get through step five, if you've truly done the work and implemented, you will heal the relationship with your partner to a very large degree. And when you've healed the relationship with your partner to the point that you have compassion, heartfelt compassion, love and understanding and peace in your heart for that person, Hmm. only from that energy will you then know one of two outcomes. Either, okay, I really do love you and I want to create our unshakable love and unleashed passion. We just didn't have the tools before, but now I have the hope that we can. And you want to move forward and rescue the relationship and the marriage. Or from that place, you'll recognize that We're not aligned as long-term forever love partners. However, I am so ready to happily and peacefully co-parent with you for the rest of our days. 
as I do attract my forever love that I now understand will be aligned for me, and we add that to the beauty of our family and we move forward. Right. Uh, if you have children, I, I take a stand for this all the time, John. If you have children, uh, leaving from negativity, uh, you take you with you for the rest of your relationships, by the way, and your children and you also deserve better than that because to be able to peacefully co-parent, which is not what we see a lot of today, that's what we teach our clients to do, is the greatest thing you can do for yourself and your family is wow. to be able to peacefully and harmoniously, uh, harmoniously say, I'm so glad I get to be mom and dad with you for the rest of our lives, and I'm going to go fall in love with that person who is aligned with me, and I'm ready to do both. Wow. Um, and so no matter what, it's never too late, because unless you've done the work, you're not ready, because you don't know whether it's option one or option two until you get there, uh, but you have to do the work, because either way, whether it's option one or two, you'll be at peace with either option when you get there, not if you don't do the work. Wow, that's such an empowering possibility that I feel like you're creating for couples, whether they stay together or they don't. And like, we should just be real, right? There's a lot Amen. of couples that don't stay together. So I think that is so empowering instead of saying, well, it's an either or, either we save it and that's great, or we don't and that's not great. I love how you put that there. That is, And I also like just going back to your point of um, no matter what the state of the relationship is, like we have to come from a place of truly loving and caring about the other person. Um, that it has to start from that place, that center. That is so cool. It's so true. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, many, many, many people come to me and they're like past the edge. And when you're in that state, um, nothing's going to feel real good. And a lot of people want to make the decision to leave a marriage from a place of really, 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 really bottom of the barrel state. And honestly, at that point, everything is being looked at through a filter of pain and hurt and fear. And we need to get you to a place of peace with it and love and harmony before you can really think clearly enough to do something as life-changing as that for your family. Yeah. Wow. So Stacy, I want to, I want to ask you about the book here. You got to ask about the book. I know that so much of your wisdom is in the book. And so this community um, who would encourage all of them to go find you, by the way, I, I, I've written it down here somewhere, but just tell us, is it relationshipdevelopment.org? Is that right? That's correct. Relationshipdevelopment.org. You got it. All right. So they can find you there. And the wonderful thing is whether or not they can afford to invest in your different levels of coaching, which they should check all of that out. They all now are going to have the Miracle Morning uh, for transforming your relationship. Tell us a little bit about the journey of creating that book, how that came about, um, maybe any insights that are in that book, anything that we haven't yet talked about today that just creates value for our listeners. Um, I love this book. Paul and I really went all in for this book. It came about in a very funny way, and I tell the story in the introduction, um, that it's so funny because you and I have a mutual good friend, John Broman, who's one of yes. my closest friends, one of your best friends. Yeah. And it was probably 10 years ago that I was literally in this office, but my desk was this way, so I was facing that way. I was in this office when Johnny had called me and said, hey, my buddy Hal is creating this new like morning ritual process. Do you want to test this out with us? And I'm like, of course, of course. So I, re I remember the spiral notebook that I took out, and I just feverishly started scribbling down what became the Miracle Morning. 
and started putting it into practice as my daily morning ritual as well. And then uh, it was sometime last year that I was walking out the door and I got a text message from Hal saying, hey, can I talk to you about doing a book yeah. on Relationships for the Miracle Morning? And we just started having those conversations. It was very surreal to actually write the book right here in the same space as where I originally scribbled down the Miracle Morning process, never realizing that it would really come full circle. Um, and it's been a true amazing journey. I think one thing I would share about the book is where Paul and I really wanted to kind of come out with this message in the book is really what you and I have been talking about today. Kind of coming out strong with just, look, it's time for everybody to know that it only takes one partner to transform a relationship. But more than that, couples work doesn't work. And very often couples work does so much more damage than good. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's not always going to be a very welcome message in every community, but real people, real parents with busy lives where work wants to be first and kids want to be first and your wife wants to be first and your families want to be first. Everybody wants to be first in your life and it's so busy. We live in the busiest, most high-paced time in the history of humans. And it's so hard to have an amazing marriage with all of these pulls and demands. It really needs to be said finally that couples work doesn't work and it's causing a lot of damage. I can't even tell you how many thousands of people come to us after almost pretty much losing it all trying to do couples work. And the reason why couples work counterproductively doesn't work is because when you ask your partner to participate in something, and I use a funny example of this in the Miracle Morning book where I say, like, if I were to call you, John, yeah. and say, oh my gosh, John, I found out about this amazing event. I'm going, you should go with me. It's called the Be Better Looking event. And I'm definitely going, but you really need this. And I really think we should do this together because let's face it, we need this right now. Like yeah. that implies a lot, right? When I call you up with that, what are you getting from my implication of why yeah. you go with me that you're not good looking enough? And yeah. it's very personal for people when a partner that you're married to, that you sleep with, starts to say something like, I think we need this. I think we need to do this work. I think you need to do this with me. Immediately, that makes people go into the defensive. Like, mm. either I'm not mm. good enough, so you don't want me, or I've got a problem, or something needs to be fixed in me, or they go into the sadness of like, I knew it. I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew you didn't love me. I knew you thought you were better than me. I knew this wasn't going to work. One of two reactions happens, and very often um, it starts to drive people more distant. And if they do get to go to couples work, which honestly, very often is the last nail in the coffin, like people will go do couples work together when they feel like all hope is lost and it's their last ditch effort, very often the couples work will then fail because nine times out of ten, if you look at all the studies, it shows that when people go to work with one person and it's a couple with one professional, very often one of two things will happen. Either one partner will feel completely and totally aligned with the therapist or the counselor and feel um, yeah. really, really connected, and the other person will feel ganged up on and misunderstood, and then mm -hmm. the work fails. Or both people will feel completely misunderstood by the therapist who doesn't really understand their real life, and therapy fails. But unfortunately, when that happens, the person who was dragged there who really didn't want to go feels like now I have permission. This didn't work. We're done. Yeah. And very often it is the worst thing that happens in a relationship because they look at it as a, I don't need to do anything more. I now have permission to turn my back on this. 
Yeah. And we turn so much of that around, but it's really time for people to stop using something that doesn't work and start doing the work themselves, which creates phenomenal results. Yeah. Well, I, I love your passion and your conviction for this. And I, I am, I bet like many listeners, hearing you talk about uh, what you're talking about, it only is inspiring me to want to go read the book. You know, in some ways, as you and I have talked about, it's, it's controversial to say that couples work doesn't work. And what I think is beautiful about the approach that you're suggesting is that I, I think there's some sort of undeniable truth to the idea that I have to be willing to take total ownership for myself, Amen. regardless of, of how that's going to work, how it's going to work compared to any other of the infinite number of approaches we could take. That's right. It's undeniable that I have to be willing to take total ownership over myself. And there's something empowering about getting that reminder when it comes to relationships. And that really is the theme of the book um, that we put in there is really about your personal responsibility and empowering yourself, um, which is really hard in in a a romantic love relationship. Honestly, it's very, very easy to blame the other person and want them to change to make you happy. But that is actually the number one thing that keeps people held back in a relationship. It's about when you realize your ownership, taking 100% personal responsibility. And then both people can do it. We have plenty of clients where both husband and wife or husband and husband or wife and wife are going through the program, but the work is done individually. So they feel the freedom to be on their own journey without somebody watching. And then it just flourishes that much faster. Wow. That's cool. Well, Stacy, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap us up here and I just want to remind everybody uh, the miracle morning for transforming your relationship is being released like right now. Um, I, the date that this is comes out, I don't know. What's the actual day that the book Valentine's day, February 14th on Amazon. Okay. So let me look at the calendar here. Cause I, I would like to attempt to be close to accurate on this. Okay, great. So I think our episode's coming out on the 15th. So, Sweet. so that's awesome. Go, go check it out. Um, go pass it along. So wait, should I not suggest that they buy it and give it to their spouse? I guess that's your point, right? <laughs> that is my point. <laughs> but, Unless you want to imply that your spouse is not good looking enough. But does it, does it count if I just kind of leave a copy hanging around? Like uh, That also counts. So oh, okay. what I would suggest, John, is read the book. Okay. Dive in. All right. Make the shift. Be the hero of your family. Create an elevation in your relationship. Move it forward. And then when your partner says to you, what is going on? This is awesome. Then you can say, I'm reading this book. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I want to I wanna close with what, what everything you've said today reminds me of a great lesson from uh, Joseph Campbell, actually, who uh, famously introduced the concept of the hero's journey to the world. I was just talked about him on another podcast episode this morning for Hal. And one of the things I read in one of his, his books was somebody asked him about, you know, how do you convince people to believe in what you're teaching? And he said, he said, in all of my lifetime, I finally discovered I'm never going to convince anybody to do anything. The only way they're really going to change is if they see the change happen within me. Amen. And that's what I'm reminded of. So Stacy, this was awesome. Thanks for being here. I know Hal appreciates it. Um, and as we've ended our last few episodes, I just want to ask everybody who's listening to send any positive uh, loving, healing energy, not only to Hal and to his family, uh, but to anybody and everybody who needs it, including those close to you, as you think about the topic of relationships that we were privileged to be with Stacy to talk about today. So Stacy, thank you. This is You're awesome. welcome. Cheers.
All right. So we just finished our conversation with Stacy Martino talking about the Miracle Morning for Transforming Relationships. And we have next Brandy Salazar. Brandy, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. And hi, John. Hey, Brandy. It's good to be with you. This is cool. This is my first ever, I don't even know what this is called, like a compilation episode where we have two amazing interviews on one episode. So thanks for being here. This is going to be great. For those of you within the Goal Achiever community or the Miracle Morning community, if you've never met Brandy or Lance, um, today will be a privilege for you. I got the chance to meet Brandy and her husband, Lance. I've since spent time with their beautiful daughters, Huli, who's eight, Natalie, who's five, who are both awesome rock stars full of personality. And um, everyone who knows Brandy and Lance knows them as an amazing couple, wonderful people to be friends with, um, to do business with. And what a lot of people may or may not have known is that they had a really interesting journey. If you just heard me interviewing Stacy and you heard me grumbling about my own challenges as a parent and as a husband, I'm sure many of you can relate to this. And if you're here right now and you're in a relationship and you have kids, uh, I really want you to stay tuned for what we're going to talk about because Brandy's story is one of growing up in a really dysfunctional environment, um, dealing with challenges that many of us might not be able to relate to, turned her situation around, was really successful at a young age, and then she and Lance got married at a young age, and then they had kids, and then now they were facing another set of brand new challenges. And that's the point where I'm going to invite Brandy in to share with you a little bit about what she discovered, because she and Lance just launched yesterday um, their legendary couples programs, their relationship reset program, which you could find on legendarycouples.com. Um, but Brandy, pick up the story wherever you want. You had some major challenges, made some incredible discoveries, and it's led you to now creating a course that's going to help a lot of parents out, and I'm super excited about that. Oh, John, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. So yeah, I found myself um, married with two kids at the pinnacle of my career, and I realized that I was really unhappy, and what had happened is as I had defined success um, in a way that was a result of my programming and my my childhood. And I felt that if I found financial success, had a, a successful husband and two beautiful children, I have made it. And what I didn't realize was that I was packing way too many things into my life and I wasn't taking care of the things that really mattered. So what had happened is, you know, Lance and I had a pretty full life before we had children. We were having a lot of fun. We had these great careers. Well, when we added um, the, our first daughter into the equation, we realized that something had to squeeze and the careers didn't budge. And what was, was starting to suffer was our relationship and our connection with each other. And we found ourselves stuck in this place of frustration and bickering and um, dissatisfaction of, in our, our relationship. And so 
we then had our second daughter. And as you know, when you bring the next one in, it becomes even worse, better. It's like the, it's like the Jim Gaffigan skit when he, now he talks about having a fourth child. Oh, this is so funny. And he says, having a fourth child, it's kind of like you're drowning and then somebody (laughs) hands you a baby. A baby. I think that happens with your first, second, third. So I totally get it. And I think we're all cut out for different things. So, you know, I was of the belief that maybe I was a one kid mom. And so, you know, we have this, this second beautiful, amazing daughter and, by about one, I am done. I'm at my, my wits end. I am blaming the marriage for everything. And come to find out, I had misaligned my priorities and I had misaligned what I was spending time on. And um, so was Lance. We both were. And what we realized is that we just needed a complete relationship reset. We needed to redefine what success was in our lives as parents, as, um, as a couple, and figure out what it would take to get there. And that's what we did. I love that. And I want to ask you about what it is that you teach. Because as soon as you say the words relationship reset, it reminds me of like 20 years ago when I played the original Nintendo, when the game gets stuck and you have to go push the reset button. And it just makes me think, wow, there's so many times and areas in my life where I would love to have somebody show me how to just hit reset because sometimes it's like you're stuck. So what are some of the things that you teach for couples who are parents and how to push that button? Well, I love, I love that you brought up that analogy because I I say the same thing. I also teach a a balance class and it's same thing. It's called the balance reset, the life reset. And we have to reset our closet when it gets out of control. We have to reset our health when we've been on vacation and had, you know, too many indulgences. We have to reset all the time. And what we're talking about is intentionally resetting. Resets happen anyway. So we can choose to to draw that line in the sand and say, I want to go in this direction, or we can continue to just let life drag us through. And so um, what a reset is, is first and foremost, deciding what the optimal vision could be for that area. Optimal vision for your closet. What, what would be an amazing closet layout? Well, great. Let's go. What, what, what would it take to get there? And so the same thing with your relationship. What is the vision that you have for your partnership together on how you take care of your kids and how your households ran, how your finances are handled? What is your vision for your friendship together? How are you connecting? How are you having fun and playing together and having adventure in your lives? And same thing as, as lovers. What does that look like for your relationship to be at a level 10? And so once you go through a process of defining each one of these areas, start to create the plan on what types of habits and what types of goals do you have that get you to that vision, to make that vision a reality. That's awesome. And I I love that you take a positive approach. Um, 
you know, you're not saying, hey, start by making a checklist of all the ways that our relationship is screwed up. Um, now, maybe you do actually encourage Well, me. you know what's funny about that? And I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up. And this is where, you know, when you and I first met, I was like, John, AI is, this speaks to my mind. It speaks to my heart because I went so many years with that mindset with my relationship. And right. I would, every time we'd sit down, I would give him the checklist. You know what? You didn't take out the trash. You didn't do this for the kids. And why'd you do that? Why didn't you do that? And it was constant and it was getting us nowhere. And it was that day that I walked in and I said, not only are we not getting divorced, but we are going to make this amazing. So let's talk about what that looks like. That moment, everything changed. That's awesome. And for, so for our listeners, think about this in your relationships, but this goes outside of our relationships as Brandy's saying, it's, it's just a way of viewing life that when, when we have any situation, we have a choice of what lens do we put on through how we look at it. And we could focus through what we would call a deficit lens of what's missing, what's broken, what's wrong. And and there will always be answers. And if we ask those questions, that's what we'll see. But what Brandy just shared that I love around our relationships is to start by asking what would the ideal look like? What, what would the vision of an awesome partnership, friendship, and you have these different levels, which is really yeah. cool. Share with us, so that's awesome that you're guiding people in that way. Um, I've heard you share with me that how important it is to get clear on priorities and commitments. Talk about that for a minute. What role do those play in our relationships? Oh, that's such a good one, John. What I realized is that I felt as if I was living from a sense of priority. I felt that I had my priorities straight. You know, I I know that my health, my faith, my kids, and my relationship with Lance was my priority. I, I knew it, but the reality, when I looked at my schedule and what I was actually giving my time to, those weren't the things that I was giving my time to. Mm-hmm. I was, I was waiting up thinking about work. I was going to the office, coming home stressed out. I was bringing the energy that I had from the office into my home, regardless of what had gone on. It could have been a horrible day. And then I'm showing up with this energy of, of whatever baggage I brought when I'm thinking that my priority is all of these things that seem so obvious, but I wasn't giving my time and I wasn't giving my best self to those things that I thought deserved it. And now I know they do deserve it. Your relationship with your spouse deserves your best time. It deserves to be a priority. So for our listeners, um, think about a couple of the lessons that Brandy just shared with us. Number one, think about asking yourself and maybe with your spouse, what is your vision uh, for your future? What are your priorities? Such simple but important questions. And Brandy, I'd love to to make sure that we don't forget to tell everybody where they could go find your uh, your course, which just launched yesterday on Valentine's Day, right? So to, where can they go find you to hear more about this? At legendarycouples.com. Legendarycouples.com. Um, Love the yes. word legendary. That's awesome. Yeah, you um, can you leave us with one tip? Let's say someone's listening right now. And, oh, and I just have to say this too. I was talking to Brandy before we pushed record the prices to offer these courses for this launch. If you are in a relationship and you have kids, even if you don't have kids or you're not in a relationship, you should just go check this out. You're going to be really well off and it's going to be really well worth the crazy minimal investment. But Brandy, last thing, if somebody's listening to this and they have a date night tonight, what's one tip, one takeaway, one idea, whether it's like, hey, 
uh, don't do this or do this, what's one idea to excel on my date night tonight? Stay really present. Um, uh, active listening and being all there. I think that's one of the things that I hear about more often than not in times that people have, you know, relationship, you don't have a whole lot of alone time together when you have kids. And so when you have that alone time, actually listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Actually be all there. I love that. I love that. You know, it's interesting is uh, when we recently had our fr- our first front row dad's retreat and Lance, your husband was there. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, he shared from this, we brought him up on stage. I think it was totally yeah. him too. And he shared with the group uh, just some personal stories uh, that were really impactful. I know for me and for others, what was really interesting is when we asked everyone there to share stories about some of their most positive moments and memories and experiences as a dad and as a husband, everybody shared the story. And then we dissected the story and we said, okay, what's the commonality? What's the theme? And it wasn't always, well, there was an amazing dinner or some cool thing that we did, or it wasn't always about something that somebody accomplished. It always came back to being present was what led to the quality of that moment. Um, So it's super cool to hear you sharing that too. What a great reminder at a day and age where we're not only more connected than we've ever been, but that also causes us to be more disconnected. Connected. It's exactly it. You see it all the time. Yeah, that's we awesome. We all struggle with it. We all struggle with it. And the other thing I would say is is have grace and um, don't th- take things so seriously. It's, it's not always about you. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, Brandy, legendarycouples.com. Oh, yeah. and I forgot to mention... If anyone's listening and they want to hang out with you and Lance for three days in March in Austin. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot to mention, I don't even know if we still had the, uh, the, the quick advertisement at the beginning of this episode, but, um, there were three spots that Hal and I were opening up for our private mastermind group this year, which is for entrepreneurs. And you and Lance are both in our group. Any, uh, in a couple sentences or less, anything you want to say to anyone who might be listening, who's thinking about, um, applying to maybe get one of those spots to be in our QLM group this year? Yeah, actually, I want to say a couple of things. One, you cool. are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you need to up-level who you're hanging out with, QLM is the place to be. And number two, if you are a couple that is needing personal growth together, which we all do, I'll tell you that QLM has been one of the most impactful things for Lance and I to do as a couple. We have a group of friends that all care about their their marriages, all care about up-leveling their parenting. And to be surrounded with a group like you guys has been huge for us. Who your tribe is, it means so much, so much. And QLM is a pretty amazing tribe. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that, Brandy. All right. Well, hey, thanks for being here. And uh, to all of our goal achievers, today was your relationship episode. You heard from Stacy. You heard from Brandy. Lots of resources, great ideas. Brandy, have a great day. You too, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 